Greetings and salutations and welcome to the Trash Fire of Talk podcast with your host, Skits M. Jones. I am that host, Skits M. Jones. And let's kick off the episode, as we always do, with a look at what is coming up uh, tonight as of the recording of this episode, so Wednesday, uh, October 16th. Uncouth is joining Dustbath and Cortage at the Owl for a night of metal merriment. Uh, the show starts at 9 p.m. You should be there. Tomorrow, Thursday, October 17th, I will be hosting Game of Microphones at Comedy Shrine, 8 p.m. start time, with Hari Rao, uh, Mike Santoria, Too Skinny, Derek Moulds, Jeff Spankowski, Danette Mark, and headliner Paige Blair. That's going to be a fantastic show, free of charge. You should come to that as well. Not free, but still awesome. Friday, I will be back at Comedy Shrine once again, hosting the 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock shows, uh, featuring Lucia Whalen, Mark Johnson, and Oscar Carvajal. Uh, After that, got a little time before October 26th, uh, Spoopy Fest 4 at Nacho Treehouse. I'll be eating a habanero pepper and then doing stand-up, so that'll be interesting. Uh, November 1st, I will be uh, one of the featured comics on the 10 p.m. show at Comedy Shrine. November 7th, uh, I will be at the uh, Oh Did That Offend You podcast's live comedy show at Riddles in Alsip. November 8th, I will be at Underground Comedy in Rockford. And November 23rd, Uncouth is back once again, uh, joining Without Light and Dead Sun Rising at Metal Monkey Brewing in Romeoville. So, there you go. That's a couple months worth of awesomeness uh, where you can check me out. Uh, Hopefully, you can come to one or more of said shows. Uh, It'll be fun. Um, I'm trying to keep the schedule full and, you know, keep busy Uh, and you know, I can't do the day job forever. We've talked about this in the past. It is, uh, it is wearing me down physically and, uh, it's exhausting and it's a a time suck, even though they're very good about affording me time to do all of the, you know, comedy and music and performance based things that I like to get into. Um, it's a good job. It's just not a forever job. It's not a career. It's a job. Um, if I could, I would be on stage every single night of the week. I would perform constantly. Uh, and, and that's for a few reasons. You know, one, I've been warned the moment you start to lose momentum and stop being out in the public eye, uh, they forget about you and bookers forget about you, and the gigs start drying up, and you have to start gaining momentum all over again. And being that I'm just starting to gain momentum now, that sounds like an exhausting prospect. Uh, The other element is, you know, glitter crash is a thing, and we've talked about that in past episodes as well, and that's that that come down when you have to return to non-stage performance life. Uh, you know, when you have to go to the day job and you have to worry about, you know, paying the bills and you have to worry about all that kind of stuff. And if, if performing paid the bills, that would be delightful. I mean, obviously it would put a different sort of pressure on it. And, you know, obviously way too soon for any of these things, whether the band or, 
uh, well, I mean, the band will probably never pay the bills. Even some of the top headlining acts in the country aren't paying the bills being musicians. They all have side jobs. Granted, a lot of them are tied to the music industry. Either they, you know, have their own custom gear or they work out of a shop where they repair stuff or they have side gigs as songwriters or studio musicians or recording engineers or whatever. Um, it seems harder and harder to make a living as a performer these days just doing one thing. You have to do all the things. Every comedian has a podcast obviously, uh, you know, or they're acting or they're writing or they're, you know, doing whatever. It's a matter of just having as many hustles as possible, which is very difficult when you also have the day job. Uh, in addition to all of that, being on stage is so much easier than being in real life. The, the interaction with other people element of, of the stage is so much easier. The lines are clearer. The audience expects the performer to perform. The performer expects the audience to enjoy the performance. Ideally, you know, that's, that's my goal. Um, you know, that there do seem to be performers whose whole goal is just telling the audience to fuck themselves. Uh, but that's not me. That's not my deal. I, I like it to be fun. I like performance to be fun, whether it's with the band or it's doing the comedy thing or the hosting thing. Whatever it is, I want it to be fun. And, you know, so I want to go out and entertain and I want people to be entertained. And that's so much easier than the rest of life and interacting with people. Um, I never know what anyone expects of me in, in day-to-day interactions. It's easy to misread social cues, especially in an era where people are becoming so much more socially inept, um, in, in a lot of ways, more, more apt in other ways, but our, our face-to-face interactions, there's so much that has to be considered. Whereas once again, stage is simple, go up, do whatever you're there to do. And, that's, that's it. And that's, that's so easy. Um, I mean, it's not easy, like it's work, but the expectation is easy. I know what is expected and yeah, I don't know. I wish I could just perform forever and never have to do anything else ever. Uh, but that's not the case. So the day job persists and I keep hustling as I hustle and just drowning myself in caffeine, uh, sleeping very little, which is probably why the uncouth curse persists. Uh, I have a wicked brutal cold, as I seem to have right before every uncouth performance. Um, Of course, it could also be chalked up to the weather changing and me being stuck out in the rain due to the day job the other day and all that kind of bullshit. But whatever, you didn't tune into this to hear me complain about my day job, uh, so I won't. However, you do have to deal with me having the sniffles, so... Oh, goodness. Sorry about that. Moving on. Let's... You know what? Let's kick into recommendations, because I have so much to talk about. I haven't done 
a ton on the recommendations front aside from music the past few episodes and I've got I've got TV, I've got movie, I do have music as well. Uh so let's kick into it. On the TV front, a uh, few shows I want to talk about. First off, Charmed season 2. Off to a great start. It's I I'm enjoying Charmed uh the the reboot of Charmed for the same reason I enjoyed the original Charmed. It's the right balance of cheese and melodrama and like it's fun. The cast has great chemistry and with season two there's a change in location and a new status quo on powers and roles for the witches and so I'm excited to see where the rest of the season goes. So sorry. Oh, goodness, I should probably blow my nose, but that would take time away from the podcast. So, here we go. Next show, Dragzilla Season 3. No, sorry, not Dragzilla. Dragzilla is the delightful local Chicago drag show uh, that incorporates drag and horror and all that kind of fun stuff, uh, hosted by my delightful friends Cindy Vicious and Lucille Fofur, alongside uh, merch girl and all around all hand on deck, Robin Graves, which you should totally go see Dragzilla, uh, because they are fantastic, but Dragula, uh, season three, that's the one that is currently on Amazon. Uh, season three finale is next week. And my choice, uh, for the winner is Landon Sider, who has been absolutely killing it week after week excuse me, has never had a bad look or a bad performance. Really the total package and added benefit uh, would be the first drag king to win a major televised drag competition. Take that, RuPaul. Uh, Because in the drag community, there has been so much talk about, you know, RuPaul's lack of uh, platforming drag kings and that's fine. That's Rue's prerogative. Rue has a drag queen show. There are drag king shows. They just don't have the success that RuPaul's Drag Race has. Uh, Dragula, on the other hand, has incorporated uh, drag queens, for the first time a drag king, and some non-binary drag performers as well. So that's all sorts of fun, and you should watch it. It's If you delight in campy horror and silliness, and, you know, uh, shock value, and things like that, uh, Dragula would be right up your alley. Uh, after that, Mayans Season 2, uh, we are in the midst of it, and they are still delivering just the same as they did in Season 1, creating new and interesting storylines, exploring entirely different issues, to a point where, uh, even when Sons of Anarchy characters cameo, because Mayans is a, a spin-off of Sons of Anarchy. Uh, even when cameos happen, it doesn't feel gimmicky or like an attempt to cash in on the success of the, the past series. Um, but it rather just feels like a natural extension of the world that they have been building. Uh, finally, uh, I caught up on all of All Elite Wrestling. Um, and it's fun. I, I enjoy it. I'm glad to see wrestling, you know, uh, and, and I have to say Chris Jericho, who is the AEW champion right now, has to be a contender for the best total package wrestler ever. Um, 
And, you know, favorite wrestlers and whatnot, always open for debate. But he's wrapping up his third decade in the business and still delivering, like, main event caliber matches. You know, putting on hour-long fucking matches in New Japan. Now doing the AEW thing. And, you know, reinvention after reinvention of character. Um, Jericho has figured it out. You know, that's what it comes down to. Took breaks when he needed to, never had major injuries, uh, you know, indulged in other, you know, things like his band Fozzie and acting, which, all right, speaking of acting, Chris Jericho has a cameo in the movie that I'm about to tell you about, which is Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. The uh, the View Askewniverse... Uh, which is, if you are not familiar, uh, the movie universe consisting of Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Clerks 2, and now the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Um, Which, by the way, this was a shared movie universe that came decades before the MCU, so that's kind of fun. Uh, In this movie, the Viewisk universe pokes fun at itself, Hollywood, reboots, remakes, and sequels, and also showing that it's grown up a little bit while still delighting in the exact same juvenile humor that it's always had. Uh, Much like Clerks 2, Kevin Smith is using his characters to explore what getting older has meant for him. You know, uh, this time uh, the, the focus is on parenthood and what it means to be a dad, and that's explored mostly through monologues by characters that are met along the way of the threadbare plot. Um, and the plot mostly just serves as a vehicle for cameos and in-jokes that make up the majority of the, you know, relatively breezy and welcomely short 104-minute runtime. Uh, the movie really does kind of yada yada a story, which is openly acknowledged as a rehash of the previous Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Uh, So Smith can get to the points he wants to make, fatherhood changes you, and look at all the people we got in the movie. Um, That said, a majority of the emotional beats feel kind of unearned because of the lack of, you know, in-depth plot. Uh, But the the scenes are all well acted by the cast, and uh, Smith's daughter, uh, Harley Quinn Smith, who I would actually like to see in a movie not made by her dad, uh, really shows some growth in terms of her acting here, uh, light years ahead of her roles in Yoga Hosers and Tusk. Um, So all in all, if you've been growing up with Kevin Smith movies and you've enjoyed them, you'll probably enjoy this too. Um, You know, like I said, a lot of the humor is the same as it's always been. Um, The, you know... The fact that there isn't much of a plot, you're forgiven because you've spent so many movies with these characters. Uh, But if anything, it makes me more curious to see what would happen with a Clerks 3 uh, if Smith actually gets to make that one. Um, Because that that does seem to be the one where more of the uh, emotional depth and character work gets to be explored. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, moving on to music. Oh God, this cold is killing me. Don't worry, I'm still going to be good on stage tonight. 
I will blow all the snots, drink all of the throat coat tea. It's going to be fine. It's going to be a great show. I'm always sick before every show. It'll be fine. Am I reassuring you or myself? I don't know. You'll have to come out to find out. Uh, Anyway, music recommendations. First up, from 2007... Uh, Empty Walls by Serge Tankian off his first solo album, Elect the Dead. Uh, System of a Down is apparently reuniting to tour, though they're still struggling in the uh, creative compatibility element, which is preventing them from crafting any new material. Um, But it seemed like a good time to revisit the first single from the first solo outing uh, from vocalist Serge Tankian. Uh, the track has enough of the elements that fans of System of a Down had grown to love, uh, while embracing uh, uh, Serge's political side to a greater degree. Uh, the video for the song explores a number of elements uh, relating to the war in Iraq, both how it played out in the military and on the civilian side, uh, both in the U.S. and in Iraq. And... Uh, Given the increasingly volatile state of things between the Kurds and the Turks, resulting in the freeing of ISIS members after Trump basically gave the Turks, you know, free reign to bomb the Kurds, who had been one of our most staunch and successful allies in fighting in uh, Iraq and Syria against ISIS and uh, the like. Uh, Also, you know, that all plays into making this song feel timely and worth re-exploring. Pair all of that with the social pop culture dust-up over whether Ellen deserves criticism for being friends with war criminal commander-in-chief who led us into Iraq under false pretenses and destabilized the Middle East to a horrifying degree, George W. Bush. All of this feels more relevant than a song that's 12 years old and explicitly political should feel. But alas, uh, there is no history anymore. We live in a constant state of experiencing everything, all the time, simultaneously, which is a topic that perhaps we'll explore another time. Uh, Here's a little palate cleanser from all that politics. Uh, This uh, next track is 1996's Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart by Stone Temple Pilots. It's off the album Tiny Music, Songs from the Vatican Gift Shop. Uh, The lyrics to the song were written by Scott Weiland based on his experience with a bad acid trip and searching for redemption. This is the third album by the band, uh, and it was the start of a major departure in sound as they had split to pursue other projects in 1995, and in Weiland's case, drugs, uh, also exploring drugs. He was serving a year probation following an arrest for coke and heroin. But as the band came back together in uh, in 96 for this album, uh, they brought in some new perspectives, new interests, and in addition to their crushing hard rock hooks, uh, they brought in shoegaze, 60s trippiness, punk, glam, and straight-up pop into their sound, proving themselves a truly formidable band and solidifying uh, them as one of the best of their time. That said, they also couldn't escape who they were, most especially in Wyland's case, and so the supporting tour was cancelled so he could go into rehab, and the album uh, received less promotion than expected, and kind of fell off and failed to match the success of their previous two albums, really only gaining acclaim in retrospect. 
but it's a great album and worth a re-listen, and this track especially, uh, which is also featured on their greatest hits, is a banger. So, there you go. There are all of your recommendations from TV, movies, and music. And let's move on to the final segment of the podcast. As always, the tarot card poll. By the way, if you hear purring in the background, we have been joined by uh, crowd favorite Kobe, Kobe the cat. Uh, Say hi, Kobe. Nope. Okay. Thanks for coming on. Uh, You are the silent Bob to my overly chatty Jay. So, for the tarot, uh, I pulled from that 90s tarot deck by Christy Prokopiak. Uh, The card that I pulled is the Page of Swords, which uh, is represented in this deck by Kristen Bell's character Veronica Mars. Now, admittedly, I've never really watched Veronica Mars. Uh, However, the card's description does seem to match what I've gleaned from the pop culture zeitgeist. Uh, This card is representative of youthful energy, exuberance, idealism, and the like. Uh, It's a, a card of a young spirit. And, you know, if the card represents someone who has come into your life... Uh, they've come into your life to shake you out of some stodgy thinking, you know. Um, maybe you've you've been feeling old and worn down or beaten down or or just stuck. And, you know, this card is a, a shake-up for that if it represents someone who's, who's shown up in your life. Uh, however, if you yourself are the Page of Swords, uh, you need to find people who will back you on your adventures. People who are going to hold you down without holding you back because uh, you have the whole world in front of you and you're primed to go out and conquer it. You know, maybe there's uh, something that someone close to you has been working on if the card represents a situation, but for whatever reason, they can't break through whatever barrier is in front of them. And so if you're coming at it with the Page of Swords as your guide, you likely can't even see what the barrier is or what their larger concerns and fears might be. So maybe it's time to lead the charge and push through whatever that roadblock is. You know, whatever the case, there is something to be said for some amount of naivete as it prevents one from catastrophizing to the point of standstill. And standstill, you know, and stagnation... uh those are the things I, I feel like we're all fighting against, you know, the, the sameness of life and the, the repetitiveness of living in a capitalist society. Or maybe that's just me. I don't know. Um, but with that having been said, that is your tarot card pull for the episode. I've got to get off and start chugging that throat coat and blowing my nose because good God, I have a show tonight and I got to get ready for it. Huh. All of that being said, there's only one last thing that I can ask of you, dear listener. As always, keep that trash fire burning.